So, Plato said, beauty is the, in the eye of the beholder. Most of us who hear that, remember it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Because we have a question about beauty. We, when we're born, our parents tell us we're beautiful. And we are. Have you ever seen a baby who wasn't? Our parents tell us we're beautiful when we're very young. And even if we don't know what the words mean, we have a feeling when that's said to us. We hear the tone in their voice. We know that the expression touches us. It touches us in ways that stay with us the rest of our lives. So when we experience later in life from one person or another that we're not beautiful, it's devastating for us. Because originally, we were And it never occurred to us and never would occur to us that we weren't. In fact, there are many things that we're taught. We're taught butterflies are beautiful. How many people in here don't like butterflies? None. (laughs) We were taught that they're beautiful, and they are. Right? We were taught the Grand Canyon is beautiful, majestic. Right? Would you ever question that? No. The Mona Lisa. We were taught the Mona Lisa was beautiful. Now question, if nobody ever said it was the Mona Lisa and it was just a picture, would you have thought of it as beautiful? Of all the things you could look at in the world, would you have considered that an important piece of art for you? Lots of head shaking in here, right? We go see the Mona Lisa because we want to see if she follows us across the room. (laughs) But she's one of the most well-known pieces of art on the planet, isn't she? What we consider beautiful is largely what comes from, from our circumstances, what we were taught, what was around us in our home when we grew up. The opinions of those people who had authority in our life, whose opinions mattered to us. And so we walk through life and we consider beauty from that perspective. But today I want to invite you into something richer. I want you to consider that perhaps there's a level of experiential beauty that you have never come to. So I was telling the earlier service, every time I wear this scarf, my now 13-year-old son wants it. If he's in the building, he will catch me in the back and say, let me have your scarf. So somebody touch this and tell me why. It's nice and soft. And what does it remind you of? Paris. Paris. (laughs) Besides Paris. Mom's skin or hair. I'm looking for something particular that this would be a reason why a child would want to feel that. Yes, who said that? Connie. Because it feels like the silk lining that goes around the edges of a baby blanket. Right? It took me forever to figure out why did my son want this scarf? It's the only one. It's the only one he wants is just this one because it reminds him of the edge of a baby blanket. And that to him 
has a tactile sensation. So Mr. Webster says that the definition of beauty is anything that brings you intense pleasure. I know, right? Good for him. (laughs) Good for Mr. Webster. Anything that brings you intense pleasure. So how many people in this room would be would recognize themselves in a statement like, all of life is beautiful. Me too. But I want you to consider that maybe all of life isn't beautiful. Maybe all of life is experiential. Maybe all of life is meaningful. Maybe all of life has purpose. But when we talk about beauty, what is that? What are we really talking about? What happens to us when we experience beauty? We experience it in lots of different ways. Saturday night, Saturday night, Friday night, Mark and I went for a walk into old old Colorado City. We live down off 23rd Street, and we just do that little loop around the old town. So we were walking along the street up about probably close to 30th Street, 27th, 28th Street. And we walked past this little man. And he was little, little tiny bearded fellow who was carrying a couple of bags. And we said hello because we just say hello to people. And he said, can I tell you something? And right, uh uh-oh, right? Am I going to do, sorry, we're on our way somewhere. Or are we going to stop? Well, my husband is a big guy. I'm safe. So we stopped and said, yeah, what is it? And he said, I just got back home. I'm just home. It's the first day back. And where I went was to watch my granddaughter graduate. And he was so excited to have somebody to tell that to, to to share his story and we talked to him for about 10 minutes, and he was, he was an interesting fellow. He was, was a veteran. Um, he, he would kind of ramble off into something else and then come, but he always came back to my granddaughter. And can you believe I lived long enough to have a granddaughter and watch her graduate? And each time we kind of would go, oh, that's really nice, and start, then we would go back to the granddaughter story. So we were there for a while. Is that a beautiful moment? Yes, yeah, so we have a lot of different perspectives on this beauty, don't we? So we have, we have a couple of things to consider. There is the beauty of someone feeling safe enough to reach out to strangers. There is the beauty of being the person who was reached out for to be safe enough to stand there and talk to someone we had never met who just needed to be heard. There is the beauty of sharing, which we did, that we're grandparents as well, and that we could understand because we just watched our granddaughter graduate. And to be able to just sit in the wonder of, he could have talked to anybody on the street, and how interesting that it was us, and we could so strongly relate to that moment, to the power of that. There are so many things about that meeting that are miraculously beautiful because they have to do with human contact and intimacy and connection. And it's powerful, isn't it? And we may never speak to him again, but I'll remember for a long time that we did. I'll remember that. 
There are many, many unique things in life that we can look at to beauty. I'm, I'm, most of you know that Mark is very deeply connected to nature and that he, when he's close to next, nature, he has experiences with nature. One of the things that he shared, to me, er, shared with me early on in our relationship was t- um, having a conversation with flowers about what they wanted from him. And the response was, touch me. Which is not what we do with flowers, is it? We smell them, we observe the color, but how often do we reach out and actually touch the petals? Some of us who are tactile, but many of us don't, don't experience that beauty in that realm. There is so much out there for us when we open to beauty. So many different ways to experience beauty through our fingertips and through our ears and through our hearts beyond just our eyes. So how many of you found beauty in the video that we watched earlier? How many of you could have found beauty in that video if I had turned the picture off and you would have just heard the music or the music was beautiful or the voice or the message or the accent, right? How beautiful is it to listen to how someone else forms their words, to the way in which they communicate, to the actual, the, the actual glory of being able to put a string of words together in a way that touches us. We are so surrounded by beauty in so many forms and fashions, every day, every moment, and we are here now to experience it. So what if that is the purpose? What if the most important thing we can do is see and sense and taste and feel and experience the beauty of our lives? What if all this work we're doing for some great purpose is not the purpose at all? How would your life change if the most important thing you had to do was to experience beauty every way you possibly can. That's what I'd like you to do for the next 30 days. Because we can come here on Sunday mornings and we can talk about it. And we can laugh together and we can cry together and we can feel community. But if it doesn't reach beyond this room, we're missing the point. What if we as a community spent the next 30 days experiencing beauty in all of its many faces and facets? How would we be different? This room holds a tremendous amount of beauty, and whenever we make changes, we change the face of that. There is something profoundly beautiful about this brick. And we're about to cover it. So take it in. It's held us for a very long time. The cool of these walls, the comfort and the strength of these walls have been with us for a very long time. In fact, this building was originally an elementary school. So it's, this used to be the gym. It's heard lots of laughter. This is a very sacred space. So take in the beauty of what is here and know that transformation doesn't mean that we lose this. 
It means we transcend and include this. Something new is coming. When you come next week, this room will look very different. These walls will be white. This entire room will be white, except for up here. But all of this will be white because there won't be a stitch of paint on it. And it will feel different, like a clean slate. How many of you are artists? How many would have had that experience of picking up a blank canvas and not being quite sure what's going on it yet? That's what's going to happen for us. When you come in next week, this room will be a blank canvas. And we will be beginning to bring birth to what is inspired for this room. What is inspired for this sacred place where we pray and we meditate and we laugh and we hug and we hold each other as community. What would happen if we opened to the beauty of this transformation? How would it change us? I hope that you will stay in that question in all that you do throughout the next month. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. There's the singing. (laughs) You have to know, Lindsay, these guys are, I, I have four boys, and babies are like the best thing in the world to me, so having her in here to sing to us is absolutely awesome. So let us move through this month looking and sensing and feeling aware of beauty as it comes to us through our our senses. What could you have around you that touches you, that you touch, that changes your life? Think about what is the music you love. I am not a twangy country western girl, nor am I my, like my little one, my youngest son likes Black Sabbath. Uh, not for me. But what you like will be different than what I like. What music? What? <laughs> it sounds like monkey. What music would you like to hear do you consider beautiful? What will touch you the most deeply in the next few weeks? What is around you in your home? And do you see it as beautiful? Who are the people in your life? What if we looked at each other differently? Let's step forward into this and really challenge ourselves to find beauty as though this was our entire purpose for the month and see what grows new in us as a result. I have a couple quotes for you. The first is from Salma Hayek. People often say that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I say the most liberating thing about beauty is realizing that you are the beholder. This empowers us to find beauty in places where others have not dared to look, including inside ourselves. Franz Kafka said, youth is happy because it has the capacity to see beauty. Did you hear that? Youth is happy because it has the capacity to see beauty. Anyone who keeps the ability to see beauty never grows old. We are going to look so young next month. (laughs) Roger Scruton said, Beauty can be consoling, disturbing, sacred, profane. It can be exhilarating, appealing, inspiring, chilling. It can affect us in an unlimited variety of ways. Yet it is, it is never viewed with indifference. Beauty demands to be noticed. 
It speaks to us directly like the voice of an intimate friend. If there are people who are indifferent to beauty, then it is surely because they do not perceive it. And Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Never lose an opportunity of seeing anything that is beautiful, for beauty is God's handwriting, a wayside sacrament. <laughs>